0: It's everyone's worst nightmare, fire. And the USA has the second highest fire death rate in the industrialized world.
2: So what can you do to prevent house fires?
0: Well, to keep your family safe, read fight fires at home with these tips. When you hit moneypit.com, just click on ideas and tips, then click repair and improve.
2: And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974.
0: coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: We make good homes better standing by at one Money Fit. Let us help you make your good home better. Call us with your home improvement question. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Give us a call right now with any home improvement question, any how-to challenge. We want to help you. one 888 Pit.
2: 888-666-3974. We've got a great show for you this hour, folks. So you've decided what you're going to work on on your house. You've decided on a contractor. You've gotten through half of the battle. Now's the time to talk money. Budget, that is, with your contractor. You think maybe fibbing a little bit, make it sound like you don't have that much money to spend is a smart idea? Well, it could actually cost you in the long run. And we're going to tell you how how that happens.
0: Speaking of things that are expensive, heating your water can be very, very expensive. You know, an electric water heater is the most expensive way to heat water, but it doesn't have to be. Coming up this hour, we're going to give you some tips to cut those costs down in half.
2: We're also going to talk about how maybe it's not that cold right now, but it's coming. The winter is right around the corner. We're going to give you some tips on things you can be doing right now to get your home ready for the winter season.
0: And if you want to make over your bathroom, we're giving away a faucet from Peerless worth 68 bucks. It's going to add some bling to your bathroom, you can win it by calling us now at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four 3974 with your home improvement question. Leslie, who's first?
2: Well, when you call in your question to the Money Pit, you never know when they're going to get back to you. We just got James out on the golf course in Louisiana. Oh, but your game was disrupted from rain. Were you doing well?
3: We were uh, in a tournament and we were in the lead. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so the lightning came and we got stopped. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's see if we can make uh, some positive use of your downtime, James. What can we do for you?
3: Well, uh, I bought this house we live in. It was built in 1968, and uh, we've, we've been in it two years. And uh, when, we turn, when we go to take a shower or, or, or uh, turn on the water, we hear, like, a uh, thumping in the pipe. But it's uh, on a uh, concrete foundation.
2: And it's only when you turn the water on. It's not for the duration of the water running or when you turn it off.
3: May- mainly, with, well, no, uh, it's when the water is running.
2: So, the whole time? When
3: the
0: water's running and you turn it off, that you get the thumping sound?
3: When you we turn the water on, like you go to take a shower, right. you can hear the, the thumping like it's going through the wall. That's
0: exactly what's happening. When you turn the hot water on, your copper pipes are expanding and they're probably rubbing across the two-by-fours or the different framework of the wall structure. And as they do that, they make that thumping sound as the pipe just expands and rubs across that wood surface. And because it's copper, the sound resonates throughout that whole area. So it might sound bigger than it is, but I think what's happening is the normal expansion of the pipes. It usually happens when you first turn the water on, and then when you turn the water off, as the pipes shrink, then it happens on the opposite way. That,
3: that sounds about what, what it is.
0: Yeah, it's nothing to worry about, James. It's not going to hurt anything. It's just an annoyance.
3: I I, I was afraid that the pipes were, uh, per se, rubbing, and it's going to rub a hole on the pipe.
0: I don't think so. It's, it's real. I've never heard of it causing a problem. It's, really, it's just really an annoyance. And it's because when the pipes were put in, they weren't uh, attached properly to the framework. Generally, you know, they have to be strapped tightly. And where they go through holes, there's a little bushing around them that stops that happening. But in some houses, it's just not done that way. So you can get those expansion and contraction sounds. Don't worry about it, James. I'll tell you what, concentrate on that golf game, okay?
2: Yeah, good uh, luck. I appreciate
0: it. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: On our way to Rhode Island now, where Scott listens to the Money Pit on WPRO. What can we do for you today?
3: Hey, listen, I got a quick question for you. Um, I'm going to have some roof done work, um, and I've been doing some research. And uh, my question is um, regarding shingles. Um, there are two different types that I know of. Um, one is a three-tab, and one is an architectural. And I'm just I don't know which one I should go with.
0: Well, the architectural, I think you mean dimensional. Is that Mm -hmm. that what you're talking about, where it could look like a cedar shake or a slate tile, that sort of thing?
2: Exactly. They're gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it's really a cosmetic decision because the interesting thing, even though the uh, dimensional shingles seem to have two layers, the weather layer is still a single layer. It has an extra layer to kind of give you the appearance of uh, a dimensional roof, like one that might be of terracotta tile. And
2: they might look a little funny when you're just looking at one shingle on its own, but when they're completely applied to the roof, they look very dimensional. They look really beautiful, and they can actually visually duplicate that natural tile or that natural cedar shake that they're trying to replicate. So if you can afford it, because they are a little bit more pricey just because they look so fantastic, I say go for it. Well, I'm but- seeing
3: more, more and more of the, um, the roofs that are being done. I'm not seeing the three tabs. I'm seeing all the architecturals in my neighborhood, Um, so I didn't know if they changed them or what, but um, I love the look of it, so I I think that's what I'm going to go with if it's it's not a difference.
0: Well, let me give you a little trick of the trade for doing the installation with a dimensional single, and I think this is some place that a lot of the roofing installers totally drop the ball. Um, You have to imagine if you were actually putting in a hard tile roof or a cedar shake roof, you wouldn't be able to do, uh, say, a weaved, uh, roof shingle valley, where the two roofs come together at sort of a 45-degree of a angle, you would have a, a hard corner there with flashing. So you wouldn't overlap the shingles. You would have a piece of flashing that would come up to you nice and even. So I think if you're going to put a dimensional shingle in that is emulating wood shakes or clay tiles, you should use the same kind of copper flashing, in fact, in sort of a decorative way at the valleys and also at the peak. That
3: sounds good, actually. But you'll have
0: to ask your, your roofer to do it. Otherwise, you're going to try to install it as if it was not a dimensional shingle. They'll just weave the valleys, and it's just not going to look right.
3: I appreciate your help. It, it, you know, it, it helps me out a lot.
0: Terrific. Scott, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
2: You know, Tom, it's my dream to have a slate roof. And I know it's just ridiculously expensive. I mean, durable will last forever and gorgeous. But there are, some of our neighbors have the dimensional architectural shingles on their roof that look like slate. And it really is fantastic.
0: If they do a good job and if they use copper flashing instead of the weaved valleys, I'm telling you from, you know, from 50 feet, it's really hard to tell it apart because the new shingles are very thin. And so what the manufacturers can do is they actually control the uh, granules that are on the shingles, and they put darker ones at the inside edges to give you that appearance of mm-hmm. depth and thickness, sort of like a drop shadow kind of effect. So it really is quite attractive, and it is a lot less expensive than the real thing.
2: We've got Brian in Iowa next, who listens on KWKY. What can we do for you?
4: I have a brick house, and uh, you know it has you know plaster walls here on the inside, and I was interested in putting foam insulation.
0: Into the wall. You mean like spray foam? Yeah. Well, I don't think you could use spray foam in a a house that's already built because you can't control the expansion. What you probably could use is a blown in cellulose insulation. And the way that works is there are small holes put in through the plaster and the cellulose is basically put in under pressure. And it has to be done by uh, a company that's very experienced because if it's not done correctly, it's a huge mess. It's a mess. And what happens is you don't control the settling and you end up with voids. In, in the walls. But uh, cellulose would be a good thing to do. And, and the cellulose, by the way, is treated so that it's fire retardant as well. I think that would probably be the, the best choice over um, any kind of an expandable foam because that's going to blow some of those plaster walls right apart.
4: Do they make uh, foam insulation that does not expand?
0: You might be thinking of the old urea formaldehyde foam insulation. That was done back in the 70s, but there was a problem with that. It was called urea gas, and when it got wet, it would off gas, and some people were very, very allergic to it, ended up, in some severe cases, having to uh, move out or tear down the house. Well,
2: and there's also foam sheeting, but that's not for your stage of construction. Being that your home has a brick exterior and a plaster lathe on the inside, there's no way that you can sort of get into the guts of either to put this on as a substructure below your facing. If you had a different siding or were at a different phase of construction, that. That would be a great option. Now,
4: when the cellulose is blown in, say, if I wanted to do it myself, you know, I know where I can
0: rent it.
2: Hiring a Bad idea. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bad idea. Don't do it yourself. You're going to end up not getting the the, uh, insulation all the places it needs to go. If it's put in uh, with too much pressure, it'll cause damage. If it's not put in enough, it's going to settle and end up with voids. Definitely not a DIY job. Even though you can do it yourself, that's one that you should not do yourself.
2: Hey, everybody out there in Money Pit land, now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just dial your favorite number, 1-888-MONEYPIT. So if you're thinking about
0: tackling a home improvement project that might involve a contractor, contractor will often ask for your budget. You know, how much money do you have to spend there, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner? It's a pretty common question. And it's a reasonably fair question if the contractor is trying to figure out whether or not your estimates are realistic for the kind of work that you're asking him to do.
2: Yeah, and it's the difference between MDF and plywood.
0: Exactly, but if you lowball that estimate, which you might be tempted to do, say you tell them that you only want to spend ten thousand dollars when you're really thinking fifteen, that could actually end up costing you more money in the end. Wondering why? We'll tell you next.
5: Some people try to fix everything themselves. What you doing, Dad?
1: Ah, here, bud, hold this wrench, will you?
6: Wow!
5: When you've got drain problems, it's time to call the Roto-Rooter professionals. Roto-Rooter technicians arrive on time, give you an accurate cost estimate up front, and they do the job right the first time, guaranteed. So the next time you have a stopped-up drain, you know who to call.
7: Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and away go trouble down the drain. Roto-Rooter.
1: Over the course of 50 years, you could have three children... You could buy nine cars, you could take 66 vacations, you could own seven pets, and you could need only one roof, provided you invest in a metal roof. Metal roofing is investment-grade roofing, because it pays you back over time. It stands up to rain, hail, high winds, and wildfires, and is built to endure for decades. Plus, metal roofing is available in all kinds of beautiful colors and styles. To learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit MetalRoofing.com and see how, over time, a metal roof can save you enough money to pay for a lot of those vacations. In many parts of the country, a metal roof can help to reduce your home energy bills over the course of the year. It's one more reason to consider durable and beautiful investment-grade metal roofing. For details or to find a contractor in your area, log on to MetalRoofing.com. Somewhere...
7: Did you know that the air inside your home can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside? No matter how clean you keep your home, it's littered with harmful contaminants like viruses, bacteria, and mold, pet dander, dust, and pollen. Contaminants that cause illness and make allergies and asthma much more severe. Thankfully, there's a way to make your home healthy. The April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. Using the best air cleaning technology available, April Air is the only whole home air cleaner that effectively removes harmful contaminants, even viruses, from the air your family breathes. And that makes your whole home a comfortable, healthy place to be. Your family deserves the best, so why not give them the best? Make your whole home healthier with the April Air electronic air cleaner. April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air.
5: portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at faucetcoach.com.
0: Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And
2: I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: We're like your handy neighbors who know everything about home repair, except we will not. Absolutely not lend you our power tools. (laughs)
2: Because we know better. We'll never get them back.
0: Never get them back. (laughs) You know, I I went one time. I had to paint all of my power tool handles like. Orange or something, so that everyone would know they were mine.
2: Yeah, I just usually write my name all over everything in (laughs) you know indelible marker, Leslie Segretti. All right, folks. Nobody likes talking about money, especially when you're talking money with your contractor. You might be tempted to lie a little bit or a lot because owners often fear that contractors are going to charge more if they know exactly how much money you really have to spend. But on the other hand, the contractor is afraid that a homeowner will expect a certain level of quality that's just not going to match that budget. So if you're honest, your contractor can get the highest quality materials that your money can buy, and you're going to end up getting more value for your dollar. So this is a time when honesty counts.
0: And if you're concerned about disclosing that budget to your contractor, here's another option. How about disclosing it to your architect or basically working to get that specification with that repair job done first? The more you can identify in terms of what needs to be done, what kind of faucet you want, what kind of flooring you want, what kind of cabinets you want, the more decisions you make before the contractors involve, involved, the less wiggle room there is for these contractors. And also, you're going to be building apples to apples. All the contractors will be bidding on the same scope of work, and you'll be sure to get the job that you want done at the price that you expect. Well, if you want more tips just like this, you can log on to MoneyPit.com. Coming up in our next edition, we're going to give you some tricks of the trade for finding a reputable contractor among all of those out there that might not be.
2: Well, you can also call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One lucky caller we choose this hour is going to win a single-handle lavatory faucet in a stylish brushed nickel finish, and it's from the folks at Peerless. It's a great way to perk up your bathroom, and it features classic styling that's going to fit into any decor, so whoever that winner is, it's going to work.
0: Call us right now one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Leslie, who's next?
2: Nancy in California listens to the Money Pit on KSRO. What can we do for you? Hi guys,
6: I was just wondering if um, I'm building this corner unit for my daughter's bedroom, and. Um, I just came up with a problem with the the compressed wood or just with the planks of wood. And what would be better to use in her wall
2: unit? So you're building it from scratch? Yes. Um, Is it going to be painted or stained? Painted. Painted. So I generally, you know, working on the budgetary constraints of the TV shows I work on, if it's something that's going to be painted, I usually build it out of MDF. Keeps the cost down. It doesn't have any defects on it because it's manufactured. It gives you a nice, clean, straight cut. The only thing is you're going to need to use a table saw to cut this. And I don't know if it's something that you would have around your house. Actually, we do. You do? Fantastic. (laughs) So definitely, I say MDF. And then keep in mind that depending on how deep into the corner you're going to go, you want to try to go into as many studs as you can, unless it's, you know, this way you can anchor it into the wall system. And where the corner meets, you're going to have a stud at each end of that corner and then either 16 or 24 away from that. So I say make that cabinet as deep as to that next stud so that at least you have a second stud to go into to keep it from teetering away from the wall, even if it is freestanding.
6: Definitely, yes, because she's um, 10, so we do have that issue maybe of her trying to reach and pulling
2: on it.
0: Well, that's a cool mother-daughter project. I hope you get her to help, but not with the table saw.
2: She will definitely (laughs) help. She wants to paint and do all the steps. Just remember, check that square on that corner, because if it's not a, a true 90 degree angle, it's going to throw off all the rest of your cuts. So build your piece to match that angle. So keep track of where that angle is on that wall through the whole height of that unit. Oh, that's
6: a great tip. I didn't even
0: think of that. All right, Nancy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four.
2: Tom in Illinois listens to The Money Pit on WLBK. What are you working on?
4: I'm working on my chimney. Uh, I've had some problems with some of the cement between the bricks uh, coming out, and I'm having the chimney rebuilt.
0: Repointed or completely rebuilt?
4: Uh, it's just going to be taken down below the surface of the oh, roof. perfect. Um, and my question is, in the past there has been leakage between the chimney and the seal of the roof. Uh, my question is about flashing. I've been told there's a couple of different ways of doing this. It's either having pieces of sheet metal stepped as it comes down the roof line or a solid piece that has been cut into all of the bricks, so it's one solid piece. And I guess the second part of that is what's the best material? Is it galvanized or copper or what, what should I do? What works out the best?
0: Okay, before we talk about that, tell me how wide the chimney is.
4: Um, maybe two foot.
0: Is it towards the top of the roof or is it... It is. Okay, so you don't have a lot of roof surface that's going to be running water into the back of it.
4: There, there is some, probably
0: one or two shingles worth. All right, that's no big deal. Okay, here's what you want to do. I would recommend as you bring the chimney up through the roof that you install a step flashing system that's made out of copper, And it really consists of two pieces. The base flashing goes under the roofing shingles and lays up against the side of the brick chimney. And then the counter flashing goes in between the mortar joints of the brick chimney and then folds down over the base flashing. This gives you a watertight seal that's going to expand and contract with the roof and not be easily separated. And it takes a bit of skill to do this, but if you have an experienced mason, they should be able to do this, or an experienced roofer, they should be able to form the flashing. And if they do a really good job, it actually looks very attractive to see that copper step flashing stepping up the side of this chimney.
4: So you you prefer the step versus one solid piece?
0: Yeah, definitely, because the step flashing can be cut into the mortar joints. If you put one piece, you're going to notch it. You have to cut through the brick with a grinding wheel, and that's not nearly as nice. Right, and that's what they were talking nah. about doing. Step fleshing is the way to go. You know, that's the way that uh, it's been done for 100 years, and it does work very, very well. Okay, great. All right, Tom, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Chuck in Nebraska finds the Money Pit on KCNI, and you've got some wasps in the yard. How can we help?
4: Uh, well, I would heard on your program that uh, about uh, making a trap out of a two-liter bottle to help catch these wasps.
0: Chuck, it's really not that difficult. What you need is a two-liter soda bottle, and you take the soda bottle, and you cut the top off of the soda bottle right below the radius. In other words, when the top of the bottle starts to flare out, you cut it right there. So now you have the whole top that's removed from it. Flip that upside down. But
2: before you do it, take the neck, you know, the part that screws with the top back on it, coat that in jam and then put it inverted into the top of the soda bottle and use some tape to hold that in place. So now the neck is inside the two-liter bottle. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, I understand that You want
2: to take some jam just because it's the sugar, it's the flavor that's going to attract the wasps. So the screw top, which you're now going to invert into the two-liter bottle, put some jam, any flavor, all over that. So it really makes them excited.
0: Think of it as the bait. And then in the bottom of the bottle, you simply put water about halfway up with water Fill it up with water. You could also use a little soda or you could use a bit of dish soap in the water and what happens is the jam is the bait and the wasps go in through that hole. They fall in the water and they drown. They can't find their way back out again.
2: You want to cut it at the top of the bottle where it starts to narrow up. So like the shoulder of it, if say the bottle was a person, like at the shoulder zone. It's
4: a snug fit.
2: Exactly. Right, exactly. And keep in mind that in the spring or the, or the early summer when you're trying to treat the wasps, they're more attracted to a protein-based bait. And in the summer or the fall, they kind of like sweet baits like jams. So use your bait according to season.
0: All right, Chuck. Happy wasp hunting. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, you're spending a lot of money on heat right now, and part of that money is going into heating your hot water. And if you have an electric water heater, you're spending way more than anybody else out there. So coming up next, we're going to teach you how to cut that electric water heating bill in half. You
2: live in a money pit.
0: Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show making good homes better every single day. You got a question about your home improvement project? Call us right now 1-888-MoneyPit 888-666-3974. So, we were talking about how to save some money on your water heating. Here's your tip. Electric water heaters are definitely the most expensive way to produce hot water. But, you want to cut that expense in half? All you have to do is add a simple timer. Now, it's not the kind of timer that you might use for your lights where you simply plug it in. It's It's a 240-volt timer, and it has to be hardwired. But when you install this, here's what you do, folks. First of all, you consider the normal sort of flow of the use of hot water throughout your house. Like in most homes, you're going to wake up in the morning and take a shower. So in that case, you want to have the water heater come on an hour or two before you wake up. It'll fill up with hot water, keep that hot water going strong through the whole shower period. You leave for work, you get out to your daily duties, then you have it go off. It can stay off all day long. The water will still stay warm in it for hand washing and things like that. But it's just not going to be on all the time. Then in the evening, you can bring it back on right before you come home from work, say five, six o'clock, leave it on all the way through the evening bathing, through dinner hour and the dishwashing.
2: Wait, you're supposed to shower twice a day.
0: Well, yes, it's a nice idea. Okay. Now, but think about how much money you could <laughs> save if you only showered once a week, (laughs) actually. It could be the special time where it only comes on on Saturdays.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's my bath day.
0: (laughs) All right. Better turn on that water heater. (laughs) Then you'd cut the water down by like 100%. (laughs) Anyway, um, that's the way to do it, folks. You put the timer on. You only set it to run because really, you only need that water heater timer on about eight hours out of 24. You don't have to run it 24-7. And that's going to cut the water heating bill in half or more.
2: Marion in Florida, you're on the line. How can we help? hi um when we open our front door to walk into the living room to get to the other side of the
6: room we always walk the same place so we now have a path <laughs> <laughs> so, and i hate that yeah but at least you'll room. never
0: get lost Do you ever think of it that way
6: <laughs> we need a path so we won't get lost <laughs> so i was thinking if you knew of something that we could use just to clean the path and we wouldn't have to have the whole living room cleaned like maybe a household thing like you know how a lot of times you hear about vinegar and something you can use for cleaning, something like that?
0: Is it carpet or what's the floor it's carpet? surface? It's carpet. Well, you don't want to use vinegar on your carpet. That's an acid. That's a bad <laughs> you know, idea. take the
2: color all out of it. There's actually a great home cleaning device. It's called the SpotBot. It's by Bissell. And this thing, it's basically like this tiny little robot that you put a special carpet cleaner in, and it just sits on the spot and cleans it until it's processed out all of the stain. It cleans through the water. It knows how much dirt's coming in and out of it. And it works amazing. And it does all of the hard work for you. And we use it around the house where we've had frequent spills on the rugs. And it really does seem to do a good job. And it's not that pricey either. Oh, that sounds so good. Would you spell that spot what? SpotBot. S-P-O-T-B? O-T. ot Oh, okay. And it's really fun. You're going to be cleaning everything. Trust me. WGUF in Florida is where Ann listens to the Money Pit. What's going on? Um, not too much. I just had a quick question about my caulking. Okay. My husband and I put in a new shower, and now when we step out to get our towels, I guess we
3: must drip a little bit of water onto the walls. And I, I guess over time, um, a little some of the water has somehow discolored the caulking from the... Um, baseboards to the floor to like a yellowing color
6: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
3: and I don't know what how to what to do
0: <laughs> well um, in a bathroom very often the cock will grow mildew and that's the number one reason it gets discolored. So in a bathroom, what you want to make sure you use is a caulk that has a mildecide. DAP makes one that has an additive called microband. It's actually in quite a lot of different products. They put it in socks. They use it to build tubs. Anything that could have uh, any mildew. Potential unit. for
2: mold growth.
0: Right. And it's very effective uh, compared to non-mildew side caulks. So what I would suggest that you do, Anne, is to remove the old caulk. You may have to cut it out and then replace it with, one, with some of this DAP kitchen and bath caulk with microban in it, you will find that it will stay bright and it won't grow mildew. So it will stay bright. It won't get yellow. It won't get dark.
2: Phenomenal. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome, Ann. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: So winter is almost upon us, Money Pit listeners. What are some of the things you should be doing around the house to get ready for the winter? Up next, we're going to tell you what repairs you should do now that are going to help protect your home from the harsh weather this winter. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high
5: efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com.
4: Money Pit! It doesn't match the new shower curtain, is a perfectly good reason for replacing your old faucet. As is, I'd rather be looking at brushed nickel when I wash my hands. And that classic motivator of home improvement, company's coming. That's where I come in. I'm the Peerless Faucet Coach, and when you visit me at faucetcoach.com, I'll stick with you through every step of your faucet installation. All you need to get started is one good reason. If that reason is my old faucet keeps spraying me in the face, well, that'll work too.
2: Failed to complete the do-it-yourself plumbing repair or don't have the time to even try it? Well, let the trained pros at Roto-Rooter bail you out. Whether you have a clogged drain or a plumbing problem, Roto-Rooter is the answer for your home's piping system. You'll receive great service from a company that's been trusted and recommended since 1935. For local service, call Roto-Rooter at 800-942-ROTO or schedule online at rotorooter.com. Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and away go troubles down the drain. Not all services are available at all offices.
7: Mold is in your house. Chances are it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides and mold eats paper which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia-Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer
1: table saw 18 volt drill driver 8 piece combo kit you don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want with RYOBI you can actually afford them RYOBI power tools, professional features affordable prices and they sound really good too Ryobi, exclusively at the Home Depot.
5: This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Roto Rooter for all your plumbing and drain cleaning needs, whether it's a small job or a big repair. Request the experts from Roto Rooter. That's the name, and away go troubles down the drain. Call 1 800 GET ROTO or visit roto rooter.com.
0: Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, standing by at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. If your weekend attire includes a hard hat, you're in exactly the right place. Call us right now with your home improvement question.
2: All right, folks, well, winter is right around the corner, and if winters are cold where you live, now is the time to get your house ready go around the outside of your house and check out all the weather stripping on windows and doors. You want to look for any cracks, loose parts, or missing bits and make those repairs accordingly. And when you're going around caulking and all around your window joints, remember not to caulk underneath that bottom edge of the window casing or in the horizontal spaces between the clapboards, because these spaces are really important to allow your house to release moisture. So you don't want condensation, you don't want moisture building up there. So caulk where you need to, but keep those spaces blank. And any damaged weather stripping that you're going to find, make sure you replace it now before that draft starts coming in and chilling everything up in the house. Then take a trip up to your attic and make sure you have enough insulation up there. And finally, take the time to seal up areas that you don't usually think of, like outlets on the inside of your house that are on exterior walls. These will really let a lot of cool air in. So think about them before they start causing a problem. Do you ever think
0: that trying to find the energy leaks in your house is somewhat of a cat and mouse game? Like you don't know exactly where they are? Well, it varies
2: depending on weather conditions. It varies on time of the year. It really is anybody's guess.
0: That's right. But there is a system It's called an energy audit. And coming up in the next edition of our Money Pit e-newsletter, which is free and available at moneypit.com, we're going to teach you the ins and outs of doing your own energy audit. So you can really narrow down which parts of your house are leaking the most and which parts need the most attention to save you the most cash.
2: And Tom and I and Team Money Pit love free things. That's why we're giving away a great prize right now to one caller we're going to choose this hour. It's a fantastic prize from the folks at Peerless. We're going to be giving away a single-handle lavatory faucet. It's in a gorgeous brushed nickel finish, and it features classic styling that's going to work in any of our winner's homes.
0: Call us right now to qualify, 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next?
2: Ted in Florida, you're on the line. You've got a painting question. What can we do for you?
3: I have a problem with bathroom that uh, does not have an exhaust fan, and therefore I'm having a lot of peeling paint.
2: Okay. Tons of moisture in there.
3: Yep. Uh, of course, I I plan to put in exhaust fans before I do anything, I guess. But uh, but I, I'm really having a problem figuring out how the best way to get this peeled paint, because some places it peeled, but it's Adhered pretty
0: tightly. Well, what you're going to need to do, Ted, is to strip that paint off. You may need a chemical stripper if it's still adhered um, because you need to get down to a solid surface. You need to remove all that paint that's basically delaminating. That's exactly what it's doing. And then once you get that old paint off of there, it's going to be critical that you use a good quality primer back on that surface. And I, in fact, would tell you to go so far as to use an oil-based primer.
2: I mean, definitely in the bathroom with all of that moisture and all of the conditions that you're putting that paint under, that oil-based is really going to adhere best and allow you to put a latex top coat on there. So it's not oil all the way.
0: Yeah. As a rule of thumb, whenever you have a troublesome surface like that, oil-based primers are really the way to go. You don't have to use an oil-based top coat. You can use a latex top coat, but you need to use an oil-based primer. And then I would tell you to use a uh, kitchen and bath paint that has a mildicide in it. Now, Bear has got a new one out that is called sateen. And basically, they have uh, re-engineered paint to give it a tremendous adhesion ability. So it really sticks very, very well. And um, it also is stain-resistant and easy to clean. So you might want to try the primer and then put the bare santine finish on top of it. And I think that's going to go a long way to giving you a ceiling that's not going to peel anytime in the near future. But as you said before, Ted, it is most important that you get that moisture out of there because managing that is really the key here.
2: And Ted, when you go in and put that exhaust fan in, make sure it's vented to the outside. Don't just vent it to the attic or a storage area that might be above this bathroom. Make sure it goes directly to the outside, otherwise you're going to be causing a moisture problem elsewhere.
0: Well, that's the way to go. Ted, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Will in Michigan listens to the Money Pit on WKZO. How can we help?
3: Hi there. I just had a, uh, a question about uh, a marble shower. Okay. Uh, we, we wanted to see, uh, I'm a pharmacist by day and a do-it-yourself or Money Pit man by night. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'm looking for, uh, we're putting in a, a new shower and I'd like to put in a marble shower. Now, I'm worried about, uh, some people have told me that some marble tiles will actually leak water.
0: Well, the marble is not the water-resistant portion of this. Uh, You want to put a marble floor down, too? Uh, Yes. You have to have a pan under that. And the pan, you know, they used to make the pans out of lead, but now they're done out of fiberglass or a rubber liner. And so that goes down first. That's the waterproof membrane. And then the tile part, the marble tile or the ceramic tile, goes on top of the membrane.
3: Right. Now, my question is, is there a certain type of marble that I need to stay away from when I buy marble for the shower, or it doesn't really matter?
0: Well, you certainly have to pay attention to the slip uh, rating on the finish of the marble. You don't want anything that's too slippery on the floor because it could be dangerous. But other than that, you could simply purchase marble tiles in any uh, you know, ceramic tile store that sells those products and use them.
3: Okay, great. Well, that answers my question.
2: WAAM is where Ruth in Michigan listens to The Money Pit. What can we do for you today?
0: Hi, I was wondering if
6: you could tell me what the difference in insulating value is between drywall and plaster. I've always lived in homes that have had plaster. Now I'm in a home that has drywall, and my heating bill has just gone through the roof.
2: And But you're finding it much easier to hang things on the wall.
6: I can't hang anything on the wall with drywall. Really?
2: I usually find that when walls are plaster and you go to hang something up on the wall, it's like you hear it cracking behind it. You're almost afraid to put things in it. But with drywall, with the proper anchor system, you can hang up anything you want.
0: Well, Ruth, the difference between plaster and drywall is really nil when it comes to insulating ability because neither of those products is an insulator. Um, they have the same insulating value, which is pretty much nothing. The the key here is what's behind the drywall. Now, in a newer house, I'm sure you're going to have insulation in that wall. In a plaster house, you may not because old homes didn't really have much insulation. So the source of your energy loss here, I think, is not so much related to the type of wall construction, but it's probably somewhere else in the house. How old is this house?
6: It was built in the 80s, but I had a, uh, a very thorough... Uh, inspection done of last year, um, specifically for heat. And um, they said there's no heat loss.
0: I think that something's not making sense here. It's not the walls. It's got to be some, there's some other major energy loss in this house. Have you ever had an energy audit done? Yes,
6: I have. I didn't know what it was called, but yes, I did have one done last year. And what did they
0: recommend? And
6: a couple of things that they found were that I needed to put the weather strips in the bottom of the doors.
0: Well, how much insulation do you have in the attic space? Because I will tell you that most of the heat loss goes up.
6: I'm going to have to personally go up and check
0: it. I know that you think it might be the walls, Ruth, but I really don't think that's the case. I mean, certainly a brick home can hold more heat and hold more cool than a wood-framed home, but I don't think that's the issue. I think that there's somewhere else you have energy loss here that's not been discovered. What you might want to do, and I don't know who did this energy audit for you. Was it the utility company or was it somebody else?
6: It was a local program that does energy um, energy audits.
0: Well, I, I think that they're missing something somewhere because it's not making sense that you'll be paying more right now. And I think you're going to need to look into that a little bit further. I would tell you that probably the biggest source of energy loss is going to be places like the attic or also the windows. If it's a 1980s uh, home, you probably don't have the best or certainly the most energy-efficient windows. You may not have Energy Star-rated windows. But you may need to get a little better quality energy audit. Uh, one of the things that you might want to have done is something called a blower door test. And a blower door test can identify every energy leak in the house because it pressurizes the house with air. And then through the use of some equipment, they can actually figure out where the leaks are. But I suspect that somewhere else in this house, besides the walls, where you're getting this major energy loss. Ruth, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
2: So, things are breaking down in your house, and you're wondering whether you should repair or replace. We're going to help one emailer figure out whether or not she should get a new dryer or try to fix the one she's got. That's coming up next. You live in a money pit.
5: Money pit. This portion of the money pit is being sponsored by Metal Roofing Alliance. We call metal roofing investment-grade roofing because in your lifetime, a metal roof will save you money and add value to your home. To find a Metal Roofing Alliance contractor or to learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit www.metalroofing.com.
0: Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, standing by at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And
2: I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Put us in your toolbox right next to the duct tape. Well, if you got a home improvement question and you can't call it in, you could email us. You do that at moneypit.com. Leslie, let's get right to the email bag.
2: All right. This one comes from Ann in South River, New Jersey, probably a neighbor of yours, who writes, my clothes dryer makes a loud squeaking noise and it drives me crazy. The clothes dry fine, but the machine is eight years old. Should I have it repaired or is it time to replace it?
0: Repair or replace, replace or repair. That is the question. whether it's nobler, to replace your appliance or cash out and buy a new one. (laughs) That's Home Improvement Shakespeare 101. Well, I'll tell you, when you're talking about an appliance, the cost of replacing, it starts to make sense, I think, at about the five-year mark. If I had an eight-year-old appliance... I don't think I'd be spending much more than the cost of a service call to repair it. If it's something that's a wear and tear part, like a belt or something of that nature, I might be tempted to do that. Yeah,
2: but would the belt make such a screeching noise?
0: Sure, if it's slipping. Yeah, absolutely. If it's something like that, I'll tell you what you might want to do. You might want to go to repairclinic.com. It's a great website because of the wealth of information they have on that site about appliance repair. It might help you narrow down more yeah, carefully. Yeah, know the
2: make and model before you sit down at your computer
0: and figure out what's going on there. If it's just the cost of some minor maintenance, I might spend it. But with an eight year old appliance, especially a dryer, I probably wouldn't spend more than the cost of a service call on it, maybe 75 or 100 bucks. That's it.
2: All right, this one's from Bruce in Green Bay, Wisconsin, who writes I have a five foot by five foot by eight foot high concrete closet below my front step. It sits outside the rectangle of my basement. What do I need to do to make this really nice storm shelter? Hmm, it does leak a little from above. Mm,
0: add a hot tub, you know, maybe a stereo <laughs> system. Well, actually, if it's a concrete structure like that, it, it, it really could be pretty secure. Now, Mind you, Bruce, uh, if you're building a concrete structure from scratch specifically for storms, it would be far more reinforced uh, than this is. Um, But if you have a concrete uh, surface, if the roof, so to speak, which is the the slab, I guess, of your porch is above this and you have concrete walls, you certainly would be protected from most of the debris. So I think you'll probably okay just the way you are.
2: Yeah. And that'll keep them safe from all of those dangerous storm conditions that happen in Wisconsin.
0: Well, pretty soon it's going to be time to pull out the winter coats. But you know what? There may be a kind of winter coat you want to pull out. It's for your plumbing system. That's the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
2: That's right. Right now, before it gets too cold, now is the time to insulate any exposed water pipes that are in your home and make sure you winterize your exterior water faucets as well. First thing, you want to caulk around the pipes where they enter into your house. You can also go ahead and close or cover up any of your foundation vents now. Remember to cut wood or styrofoam blocks to fit the vent openings, then slide them into the vents themselves. Open the vents again in the spring to prevent dry rot. And the best way to prevent faucets and pipes from freezing is to rid them of any water before the winter. Make sure you drain outdoor faucets and cap them off. And don't forget to drain in-ground sprinkler systems as well. Check manufacturer's instructions for the best way to do this. Inside your home, you want to insulate the pipes in unheated areas with insulating tape or molded pipe sleeve covers. This includes exposed plumbing in garages, basements, crawl spaces, and attics. Do what you can now before you get a frozen burst pipe.
0: Great advice because it is going to be a cold winter. Makes sense to protect that plumbing system. Well, all this fall, we're going to be giving you tips on how to save money heating your house. And coming up on the next hour of the Money Pit, we are going to show you how to save money if you're heating with one of the most expensive types of heating systems out there—electric. Even if you have electric heat, you can save money. Those tips coming up next week on the program.
2: I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone. Hey, 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 money pit.